Welcome to Cardboard Philosophy, the board game podcast where we talk about nothing serious, seriously. Each episode, we randomly pick from a list of niche, deep board game topics and have at it. So we invite you to join us at the table, listen in on our conversations, and let us know what you think. Welcome to episode 15 of Cardboard Philosophy. I'm Stephen. We have, as always, Robert and Evan. We're ready to talk some games. Yes. What's going on? So today we get a 26. So this one is one of mine, and it is how long should a game take? What I really was getting at is some games feel like they go on for too long. Um, some games are really short, and you feel like you wanted them to go on longer. We also brought up in the weight complexity episode, like talking about heavier games tend to take longer. Sometimes it can be like dauntingly. So so yeah, I just wanted to get into our thoughts on that. How long should a game take? Is there a way to like, is it always like heavier games should take longer? I have a vague answer that may lead to more specific answers, uh, which is a game should take as long as it needs to and no longer. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say today. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Minimalism in every way. Yeah, I mean, in design, there's also that idea of, you know, right, like it should be as designed as it needs to or it should have as many yeah. things as it needs to without having more than that, like any more. That's the ideal state anyway. Yeah. I think you can kind of divide this conversation into two separate subcategories of games where you have the games that have a determinant length um, and then mm. that determinant length gets influenced by things like the players AP uh, or analysis yep. paralysis where people are taking way too long on their turns because they're thinking about all the options. But no matter what happens, that game is going to last seven rounds. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of external factors that can drag that time period out. Um, someone takes back a whole turn, you know, changing their mind, that sort of thing. But then the other one, and I think probably the one that might lead to a more interesting discussion, is the game with the variable length. And those are the games where player actions will determine when the game ends. We've talked about games like that, such as Dune, where hey, this could be a five and a half hour long game or it could last 30 minutes depending on if the right sequence of events happens. And that, I think, makes it an interesting discussion because that really becomes a developer and a designer problem of can we make this game exciting and engaging for that five and a half hours and for that 30 minutes or do we just want to err on the side of we'll never have to worry about that 30 minutes so let's just assume it will be good. Yeah, besides those two, there's also two other ways we could go with this, and I think one of them is the better one. So, like, there's real time, like, in the real world, how long is the time passing, right? As Evan was saying, because of players taking too long, whatever. And then there's, like, the game time. Like, how long did we actually take in game time units, like rounds or turns or phases, whatever it might be? We can just assume that we're talking about a world where people take a reasonable amount of time, whatever that is. So there's no, like, AP or anything. It's, like, all determined by the game itself. So assuming people take normal amounts of time, how long is too long? How short is too short? Those are the kinds of things that'll be interesting to talk about. I don't know if um, variable game length is necessarily more interesting than a fixed game length. Because the thing about a variable game length that could be easier is that like, if you're making an engine builder and you kind of want people to have a nice engine by the time the game ends, you can just be like, oh, once somebody has a good engine, the game ends. You know what that means. Maybe that means they have 12 cards. But if you make it a set number of turns, like you have to guarantee that people will reach that state of having a nice engine by the time round six is over. In some sense, it could actually be more difficult to like 
have a fixed endpoint. And I think a variable endpoint might be easier to design. I'm not sure. I don't know which one's harder to design, but I think they both have their challenges. And we can talk about both kinds of games, I think, for a while. I think I agree that it might be easier to design the variable end because you can just throw a number out there. But I don't necessarily know if I agree that you can make it satisfying with that variability because you could just say, okay, first person at 10 points wins. And in practice, it takes like so long to get to 10 points that it loses that satisfying edge. But you could also make it so easy to get to 10 points that it's like a nothing game where you're just blowing past that marker. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I wasn't saying that I'm confident it's harder. I just, I just don't think it's so obvious that one mm. is more interesting. Yeah. I feel like more recently, I have been gravitating towards those fixed time games. Like it's six rounds or you play until the deck is empty or something. Like there's something that will end this and we can't just spin forever. Um, but I think even when there's a variable length, the designers often make sure that you can't just go on forever and just loop infinitely or something. I like when I can kind of see that's when it's going to end. That's how much longer I have. That's how much more game there is. I can kind of like prepare for it. Something about when I see a game that's like two to four hours, I'm like, I don't know, man, I can't like, <laughs> like, uh, do I want to commit to that? I guess you could kind of think about the high end of it or whatever, but I, I don't know that I have a reason. I've just been gravitating towards it. It just feels more like confident, but it's a good point because it doesn't always have to be set to like points. You could make the thing that ends it something that is directly tied to like what is satisfying about the game, like in, in the engine builder example anyway. Yeah. And there's, there's kind of like two things, right? There's like average game time and there's like variance in that game time in that like two to four hour game. If the average game time is three hours, that's a different discussion. It's like, is three hours a good average game length for this game? Why? Mm, yeah. And then the variance is another discussion. Like is a, is a plus minus one hour variance reasonable here? So I think they're, they're two different discussions. And I think with both a variable and a set end game, the, the average and, and mean could change. If you're playing six rounds, the, uh, the variance is probably pretty low. Like It's probably going to be really hard to drag it out longer or something. But when yep. it's variable, I think then you could have a lot of variance, which is what you're talking about, where like the box will say two to four hours. Yep. But you could also do a variable end game in a way that it has a low variance. I don't think it necessarily means more variance. Yeah, probably true. I wonder if you have a tremendous amount of variance, like if you're erring on the side of like that one and a half hour sort of variance um, concept, if that almost makes the game less satisfying in a way, because if you are sitting down for this epic, you know, 10 hour game of Twilight Imperium 4th edition and that game ended after five hours, would that potentially feel less satisfying for the players because like mentally you're preparing yourself for this longer meteor experience and then you kind of get kneecapped at the halfway mark so i guess like the question is does the psychology of expectations play into the too long conversation or too short conversation because you're seeing a big box you're expecting a big experience and then you get hit with like an hour and a half game and you're like oh whatever hmm. i'm trying to think of a of a case where variance would be a good thing it's a positive it's like a selling point it's an ex it's a point of excitement that this game could go on for two more hours or it could end right now <laughs> i don't think that's ever like when is that a good thing that feels like it's annoying to deal with practically and also in game like you can't plan mm -hmm. around a two hour difference yeah i think that's kind of what i mean when i find myself gravitating ones towards the ones that are a little more fixed yeah, I don't know if there's a world where like there's something exciting about that, you know, like it's more like realistic or something or it's just 
the uncertainty is part of the excitement. I mean, maybe, but yeah, I think more often than not, it just seems like a logistic annoyance thing. So then, then this conversation is about like average game length. And I think there's like this, I don't know if it's, if it's old enough to be an adage yet, but this idea that like in Euro games, you want to get almost everything done. That's like when the game should end. Yeah. When you're like mm-hmm. just, just about to do the last thing you wanted to do. Cause if you could get everything done, then there wouldn't be much fun there. Because every time you'd do everything and you'd get the same score or whatever, right? A very similar score. So it should end right before you get there. Do you guys agree with that? Hmm. I I definitely think in Euro games or games where you are building some sort of engine, whether that be a farm or like an economic engine or something, I, I want to feel that crunch. Like I think Pipeline is a great example of that where you're given 15 turns, basically. And you can take one action on your turn. And so you get 15 actions in the game, but there are ways to augment that. And you quite often will feel like by the halfway mark, it's like, oh, you know, I got all this stuff going on, but oh my goodness, I've only got seven turns left. How am I ever going to get through this? And even though there is that tremendous amount of variability in the number of actions you can take because you can pay for more actions, there's a bunch of different ways you can kind of navigate around that. That game is usually pretty consistent in how long it actually takes to play, even though you have those mechanics in there that are going to change that variability. Okay. How about this? Like when you travel, right? If it takes you, say, an hour to reach your destination, you generally feel like you want to stay there for at least, you know, an hour or two. Like it almost feels silly if you spend more time traveling than you do actually being at the place or something like that. Or at least I've always felt that way. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the ratio is, but the point is, is like the more you put into invest in something, kind of the more you want to get out of it. And so I think like when a game, if it's like, if there's like two rules and I basically don't have to learn a whole lot and we're up and running and it's just like a deck of cards that you put out, then the game can be over in five minutes. And it's like, yeah, it only took us 30 seconds to set it up and learn it. So who cares? But like Mm -hmm. when you spend multiple hours like reading a 20 page rule book and reading all these examples and trying to get your head around the the things and then you know and then it takes you 10 minutes to set the thing up and put all the minis and sort all the things and shuffle the decks and then if the game is over in like 30 minutes you're like what <laughs> you know like i i put all of that effort and energy and everything yeah. into and then it's over so quick like that's i think when i feel the most like oh oh uh, huh i really wish there was more <laughs> i definitely think the setup analogy is apt because that's something that can if the game is of a certain persuasion take a long time and then like you're saying if you sit there for 30 minutes after you spent 30 minutes setting up it's like was that really worth the hour where we could have just thrown a board a couple of cards around the table and still been playing that and having fun yeah exactly yeah i think that investment thing makes sense i think that's why heavy games tend to be long and light games tend to be short Yep. It's par for the course, you know, it's exactly what you're talking about, the investment you put in and what you get out of it. I'm trying to think if there are any games that take a long time to set up or learn, but are, but are short games. And I can't think of any. I think of Gloomhaven because I played it wrong. <laughs> that one has, it's a big box. There's tons of minis, there's tons of cards, there's tons of tiles, and you have to sort it all out. And so, like, if you only play, like, one scenario... It's over. It can be over in pretty quick, I think. Like, not very long. And so I think most. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, And that's where I think, like, most people will set it up and play, like, multiple scenarios and stuff. But that's kind of what I mean, where, like, you almost not have to, but you definitely feel like you want to play a few scenarios to make it worth unboxing all of that stuff and sorting all those cards and everything. And 
you can tell because they sell organizers and dividers and, you know, apps to do all the upkeep, <laughs> you know, stuff to try to cut down on that setup time to make it more worth it. I'm going to posit that the setup component teach and playtime dynamic is the most important to strike on a medium weight game. That's where you're kind of hitting that gray area where a medium weight game can be a 10 minute teach. It can be a 20 minute teach. It can be a 10 minute setup. It could be a 30 minute setup. Like I'll use Great Western Trail as an example. There's not a ton going on in that game to actually play it, but to teach it, you kind of have to go through a lot of different icons and a lot of different concepts and subsystems. There's a lot of little chits you have to put out. And depending on the number of players, that game could only last like an hour and 20 minutes, especially if people are just going really, really quick. And it can take like probably 40 minutes to teach and set up. I think that's also kind of where you get into the zone of like a game that might take a while to learn, but is faster to play. Like I'm thinking of like a lot of the dueling card games or something mm -hmm. that have like a bunch of keywords and like all these different interactions and stuff to really get your head around and like learn all the keywords and get kind of into that game. It can take a little while, but then once you're, once you've put in that work, one match can go pretty quick and you know, you can just kind of knock it out. Um, so that maybe is one where there's like, a lot of initial learning that maybe isn't worth it for like the length of that one matches. But once you get your you know head around it. Yeah, I think that's why all those games people don't just play once. Like you don't like learn magic just to play it one time in a game night, right? It's like right. You're, yeah. you're learning it to play many times with many people across many nights. It's your, same thing with Gloomhaven. Yeah. Even like chess would be like an extreme example, I think. The rules are not that simple, A, and B, you really need to like read some level of strategy. You could just like walk up to a chessboard and just play from the rules, but... I feel like there, like there's more rules to chess than just how each piece moves and how you win, right? There's like all these implicit, like this is just bad. Don't move your pawn to F3 or whatever. That's like the worst. Just don't do it. So there's all this yeah. stuff in chess. And so I think it's just those lifestyle games. So maybe those need to be a separate discussion. Like we can't fairly compare those with the one night games, you know, where you can play Great Western Trail once and not play it again. You know, that's fine. It's one of those like more modern hobbyist games in the pool of the millions we have already. Yeah, or, or you might play it a few times, but you might show somebody or play it yeah. with a friend, and that's the only time they're going to play it, but they mm -hmm. still have to learn it. So, yeah. I do think that those, uh, I'm gonna just going to call them like a lifestyle game, like a chess yeah. or a, a go. Mm -hmm. I do think they have another interesting threshold for entry, which is the cost of entry, because something like Magic, like you're going to probably sink at least 70 bucks into it just to start and so there is a cost to game length ratio that kind of kicks in at that point you've invested all this money and you can kind of have this sunk cost fallacy where well if i don't play this at least 20 times and if the game doesn't you know go long then have i gotten a bad return on my investment you can have that fallacy with time too like i spent three hours learning this game i'm gonna play yeah. it at least five times just to get my like time's worth right yeah. time is the the biggest cost. So I think it checks out with time as well. Yeah. If we're talking about perfect game length, maybe we just consider the two sides of the spectrum one at a time. The first is when does a game feel too long? Why does it make it feel too long, etc.? And then we can talk about when does a game feel too short? Why does that mean it feels too short? Well, I think we've already covered a little bit of maybe both, but especially like the feeling too short. We were just talking about, oh, I put all this time into learning the game and it only took 30 minutes. I feel robbed or something. Or when there's a lot of components or something like that. That's at least the main time I think of it feeling short. What about irrespective of investment? Like just in the game, like imagining the universe starting and ending when you play the game. I think it feeling short would be kind of like 
what you guys are talking about, like the, an engine builder or something. Like if yeah. you feel like you're starting to get going and then it ends like right when it's getting good, it's like, oh man, like I played, you know, 10 rounds where it was really small incremental stuff. And then those last two were great. I was like combo and stuff and it was popping off. And then all of a sudden it was over. It's like I wanted another half of the game to be like that more fun, exciting thing. I think my perceived value of the decisions within the confines of the rules is how I rate it. I've played a couple of games where like my praise for it has been the best part about that was that it was quick. Because like mm. for me, it was not interesting decisions. The rules were clunky. It just kind of felt like it was asking me to do things arbitrarily just so that they could make it a little bit longer. And it's like, well, at least it wasn't trying to drag itself out past the hour mark. It knew enough to end at around 45 minutes. And I think the opposite of that is also true where I've had games that have lasted too long and it's like, I just feel like we're spinning our tires for the last hour of this. Why couldn't they have just cut it a little bit sooner? Like the decisions are satisfying and they're meaty, but they're not that satisfying and that meaty that we need to be engaged in the system for three hours. I feel like the number and the quality of decisions you get to make is part of it. If I feel like I only got two or three turns or really only made two or three real decisions mm -hmm. and then the game was over yeah. it feels like well you know even if i did a bunch of stuff if most of it was just sort of easy or obvious or predetermined yeah. you know so games with build-ups feel bad if they end before you can reap the rewards of all your hard work what about games that don't have this engine buildy arc games where you are kind of just doing the same thing you're not necessarily leveling up maybe there's still an arc but it's not one about growing in power yeah i mean i think that's kind of what i'm getting at right now is like if if I'm just playing a card game or like a trick taker or something, you know, like each round, every card I play is kind of like an interesting, ooh, which one do I throw down now? Which one do I do now? How did that turn out? Like you're making a bunch of quick rapid fire decisions. It's all in 10 minutes, but you got to do a bunch of stuff versus there's yeah. some games that I feel like they take 30 minutes, but really at the end of the day, you had like three turns and maybe made again, three or four real decisions, you know, or like maybe a dozen, but it's like, why couldn't I, I could have packed those decisions in 10 minutes. So then a game feels too long if it feels like you could have made the same amount of decisions in less time. Maybe not in every case, but I think that's one sure. of the ways yeah. that it can feel long, yeah. I, I think that's a big factor for why people like train games and like those sort of stock manipulation games is because it's such an evolving board state that the decisions are always interesting. And even if you get a little, in air quotes, engine going up, well, you know, I have this route going from Chattanooga to Chicago now, and that's really excellent. Like, look at all the cattle I'm buying. And then all of a sudden, Steve comes in with his new shiny train that's like more efficient than mine. Well, now all of a sudden, this thing that I've just spent the last two rounds working on is basically going to start costing me money and I have to pivot. And I think that is what attracts people to that is that those games can drag out fairly long, but they're almost like you're playing two or three games in one because the mm. nature of the decisions are evolving over the course of the game. People also say this of like longer games when it's like, oh, well, it was six hours, but I was engaged the whole time. I was doing stuff. I was yeah. active. I was, you know, getting to make decisions and, you know, um, having to assess stuff. And, you know, I wasn't just sitting there. The only time I played Twilight Imperium that was my impression was we had been sitting there for three hours. I looked down at the clock and went, oh, huh, that blew by. I didn't think that was going to happen. Time but flies because having fun. It, exactly. People are negotiating. People are making moves. You're trying to like determine what someone's doing. You're playing these mind games across the table. There's more going on than just the engine or the empire you're trying to build. You're also trying to read the other player's 
figure out what their empire, their engine's trying to become as well. So for a game to be a long one and not get boring or you know feel too long, something about the nature of the decisions has to be changing. Yeah, I don't know, roughly every thirty minutes or an hour. I don't know, something. But like, if if you feel like you're in the same loop for too long, it feels like it's it's taking long. There needs to be some growth, some change, yeah, some story. Yeah, how's this for a hot take? Doesn't matter how long the game is, as long as it's fun the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't mean, think that's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. <laughs> that's no, a I'm very just, lukewarm take. Does the ending matter, though? Because like, if you have fun for six hours of playing, and then it's a really like wet fart anticlimactic ending, <laughs> where you just sit there and go, okay, I'm going to say that, that differently because I don't want that going here. <laughs> I and just had to process. Did you just say wet fart? <laughs> what kind of a Canadian expression is that? Oh my god! I, I was thinking wet blanket, I think it's but I was mixing my uh, metaphors. <laughs> no, I got you. So, so, so if you're playing for like six that. hours and it's this really anticlimactic, you know, damper of an ending where oh, Jerry just won. Does that change? the way that we look at those six hours, even though it was a blast and we were laughing and having a great time, the fact that it didn't stick the landing, can that actually affect it? I think that has to do with investment. It's like, does the ending make the six hours worth it? If it's anticlimactic, I think that almost by definition means it felt like it wasn't worth it. But if it felt climactic, that means like it felt like it was building on all the stuff you had done before and that all led to this. It was like a very obvious kind of you can you can like trace back and see oh that choice i made mattered and that's why this ending was exciting i think the anticlimactic ending is one that comes out of nowhere feels arbitrary and you know you you don't care because it does not build on what you've done for the last x amount of hours yeah i think when an ending feels like it just happened it doesn't feel like yeah like it's not as tied to what you all did right like it's not you didn't control it as much. It just, you were doing your thing and then all of a sudden it just happened like outside of it. And that definitely feels not as fun, not as satisfying. It kind of makes it feel like, well, it didn't matter what I did because that was just going to happen randomly anyway. So, And then this last question that Steve has, I think is a good one. How can the amount of time a game takes to complete change our perception of the game? There are definitely games that I've played where I was like, if that was an hour, I think I would have really liked it. But given that it went two and a half hours, I do not want to ever play this again. I don't like mm. it. It's kind of like the investment thing, but also it can just be about like, does it fit the context? Yeah. The context can be many things, but it's just like sometimes the game feels like it should only take an hour. It feels like it's maybe kind of lucky. And so it's like, I don't want to be investing a lot of time in a game where the outcome is driven basically entirely by luck. Yeah. Because there's plenty of, you know, quick lucky games. Just do that if you want to flip a coin or something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the game could feel too short, like we were talking about before, where it's like, man, if I could have used this engine more, I would have liked it more. So I think it can totally skew your rating or your enjoyment of a game because it's one of the most important factors besides like the mechanisms and everything and, and you know, the genre. Also, just how long it takes. I think people totally have preferences. Some people just like won't play long games or won't play short games. And so I think they're a huge factor in enjoyment. Yeah, I almost wonder if there's times where a designer like comes up with the concept. They're like, okay, this is the core game loop. And we could theoretically do this however long we want. And then what, how they reach that decision of, you know, do they 
test it and say, okay, this is about how long, you know, that core loop feels good. Or is it like they have the desire to, uh, I don't want it to crack 20 minutes. So let's go four rounds. Cause that's how long, you know, that, that, that's what keeps us under that mark or something. I think it depends on how strong that core loop is. Yeah. Like how much yeah. other stuff it can support. Uh, Lacerda's games have a very clear core system. In Kanban, it's the worker placement thing. In Vinos, it's that little grid. There's like this very clear core system that's been there from the beginning, but he just can like add so much stuff to that singular core system that now the whole game can pull the weight of like a two hour thing. But if your system's not strong enough to hold that much other mechanics around it, or if you can't figure out how to get that many other mechanics around it, then I think you have to understand like this, this core system can only be fun for 30 minutes. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I love Rapido. But if I played that for more than an hour, I would hate it. But I think it's a great core system. It just can't hold as much weight as like, you know, Kanban's worker placement can. That just has more meat to it. Yeah. Or maybe it kind of goes back to what you guys brought up earlier of like, if it goes longer than, you know, 20, 30 minutes, it has to sort of start changing a little bit somehow. Like if you, if you just do the same decision over and over again, like, yeah, unless you're really just trying to chill and not think too hard or something like, I don't know, it just, eventually that's going to get boring and the different core loops may have a different shelf life or, you know, how long they last. But like, yeah, at a certain point, it either has to start changing or yeah. just be done. Or there needs to be like, if you gave Feld Rapido, then you would get a bunch of other systems added on around that to the point where it would be enjoyable to play it for an hour. Like Castles of Burgundy. We talk about that all the time because it's a solid design. It, depending on your player accounts, probably going to go for about an hour, hour and a half, maybe. But that's rolling dice. It's got a couple of extra little things around the outside. You just do it for a couple of rounds and it's over. But those extra bits are satisfying enough. You're making enough decisions. The game state is going to change enough from start to finish that even though it is basically Rapido with more steps, let's say, it's satisfying. When Steve was saying the core loop has to change, I don't know if the core... Like, the core loop could change, but also what you're doing with that loop could change. Like if, if you're if you're using the same exact system, but like the game state is changing, then the system, if it's strong enough to still be interesting and in a different state, you can play an hour and a half with that system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely I think when I say change, I don't mean the, the core loop itself has to change, but something has to change. You know, like you just you, yeah. like you have to be applying it in different ways or doing something different with it. Um yeah, for sure. And kind of on that idea of adding to this like the core loop, like I think of uh my city. Mm. Mm. um the Ding. little flipping Ding. Ding. polyomino thing yeah core loop of flipping the cards put them on the map but it's a legacy game where they slowly add a rule another rule here's another rule and it's all just building off that core loop of doing it but it's like oh okay now there's a building where it's a new type or now you want to try to put your buildings together or now they you know like there's like yeah. slight tweaks on it but it's really the same core loop but it's a very satisfying loop that all you need is that yeah. little extra spice every couple rounds to mix it up and that keeps you going for at least a dozen games i mean that's about how long i think it is uh one thing i want to kind of throw out there really quickly do we measure the length of gameplay correctly i personally don't think they should be putting like 60 to 90 minutes on the side of a box because as we said that's very variable i think we should be putting a number based on player because that also has a big factor where it's like you know 30 minutes per player Mm -hmm. i've seen that yeah Yeah. I, i wish that was the standard that's just me on my soapbox should there be a more 
I guess, accurate way of describing the time on the box? Like, is that an important thing when you're making a decision on a game? I think it should be categorized. Like, it'll, like it'll, it'll have three levels. It'll say, like, fast group, one hour. Normal group, <laughs> hour and a half. AP, God knows. And it's just yeah. three categories. Some, something like that. Yeah, I feel like there's like the once you've learned it speed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there's like first game yes. speed, you know. Um, I think that would actually yeah. be the most useful thing. Yeah, the first game yeah. is always like I just do 1.5 times if I want to figure out first game like because like you, there's no way you're going to be as fast. And also the, the publisher puts on a time after having seen it played who knows how many times, possibly a hundred times. Yep. Okay. Impromptu favorite games time. I think we're going to do our favorite or sorry, the game that we feel has the perfect length. Yeah. So for me, and this is probably cheating, but I brought it up before, but I'm going to say just one. And the reason I say just one (laughs) is because (laughs) it's totally cheating because you can just play however long you want. Yeah. (laughs) And there's other games like that. It's a party game. It's chill. It's light. Technically by the rules, there's a set set number of rounds but you never do that and so i love that people can drop in and out you just play it until you're bored and don't want to play it anymore and i'm sure a lot of party games could kind of fall into this category Mm -hmm. i think that's cheating but i also like it so (laughs) oh i know it's cheating (laughs) um do you want do you have a an answer robert so i could not decide between two games they're very different games the first one is project elite which is a cooperative Mm. game about killing a bunch of aliens as buff space people um it is very very fun it goes over well all the time i guess the closest thing would be like halo the board game kind of more but more like halo in the arcade where like everybody's a gun you're just like shooting and there's like aliens like coming at the screen it's kind of like that um and each like the action phase of the round is on a timer you have like a, a timer to to do all your stuff it's super hectic during that but the game always ends right on the edge of victory or loss it always takes about 45 minutes to an hour i haven't really gone more than that and it's like either we were one turn away one thing away from winning or we just barely scraped by and won Mm -hmm. and that like razor's edge is the perfect space for a co-op right i'd like a, a, a easy win or easy loss is boring but feeling like you just barely did it that makes you feel really satisfied and it makes you feel like a real battle Feeling like you just barely missed out gives you the, let's go again. We'll get them next time. Nice. The other pick is, is Aquasphere, which is a Stefan Feld game that nobody talks about, except for me, <laughs> apparently. It has all the Stefan Feld Euro crunchiness of like Bora Bora or whatever, but in like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes instead of like 90 to two hours and the the teach is shorter than like bora bora also it's like a it's a pretty simple game so it just like packs so much euro crunch into an hour besides that it's got a ton of interesting mechanisms it's got like this cool worker programming thing that's not exactly programming but kind of is um the board like the central board looks really cool and there's like a there's like an area majority fight going on in the central board at the same time Uh, it's super duper cool if you haven't played it I think it sells secondhand for really cheap. Um, yeah. It's definitely not a two-player game, but with three or four, I think it's it's quite a, quite a good time. Aquasphere always reminds me of a spring that Feld just like kept pushing and pushing and be like, hey, I think there's enough pressure on this. He's like, no, I can fit more <laughs> in and get it shorter. Um, I'm going to go for one that I also don't think gets talked about a ton in the 
board game geeks of the world, and that is Bullet. Mm. Um, it is a timed game, so each yeah. round is three minutes. And so the game can go like half an hour, and there is player elimination. But because there's player elimination, usually by the time people start getting knocked out of the game, you're usually getting pretty close to the end game. And that timer keeps it fun, it keeps it fast, but it also keeps things a lot more constrained as a result of that, where you know you're not going to be in this for a long time. There's not really a whole lot of decisions to be made in between rounds. It's just grab a tile, reset your bag, let's go. Bullet is such a fun game. It is. And like by the time you get eliminated, you're like, thank God. Like I could not keep up with that anymore <laughs> anyways. Like you, you need a break. So it's actually nice to be eliminated for like five minutes. Great pick. And it's funny because even when you win that game, you just sit there and go, I did it. I overcame it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did think of another one. If just one is cheating, I want to call out Mysterium Park. And I played Mysterium with a group of friends. We liked it okay. But then when I, I kind of, I sold it and I was like, eh, whatever. And then I played Mysterium Park. And to me, it is such a, so it's, it's what the game should be. And it's way more streamlined. And it, what I like is that the whole game is you're trying to get everybody to guess their stuff in a certain number of rounds. So it's a fixed round, but every round you like flip over a little light bulb or something. And so that's just like this countdown thing. And I just feel like it has a lot of what you guys are talking about where like every game to me, at least, it seems like it always kind of comes down to that wire where it's like, you know it's going to take at least a couple rounds to get there. Maybe you can get lucky and, and do it a little early, but it always feels like it's coming down to like that last round or two where it's like, oh, can we get everybody in there? And you're just like, just like sliding into home kind of. Um, it, more often than not, I feel like it finishes in that way, like that exciting way. And yeah, it like completely changed my mind about the game. Like it, it went from being like a, you know, meh to like, this is a favorite. I'm going to buy all the cards and, you know, and I even fit it all in the little Mysterium Park box and I love it. So, yep, that's my other pick, I guess. All right. Well, we've talked about time, and I think it's about time we wrap it up. All right, I'm going to... Ah, yes. This podcast has gone on for too long. That I'm it sure. has. As always, you can reach us at cardboardphilosophypod at gmail.com, and you can catch the newest episodes wherever you're listening to this and other podcasts. So, until next time. Later. Play some games. <laughs> <laughs>